today on CityCast Salt Lake. When I first arrived in Utah, one of the things I noticed the most was the letters in the hills. A giant U here, a giant Y over there, a K for Kanab, I guess. Turns out they're called hillside monograms. And here today to help me understand is Evelyn Corning, who literally wrote the book, Hillside Letters A to Z. It's Thursday, June 23rd, 2022. I'm Ali Vallarta, and this is CityCast Salt Lake. Evelyn, welcome to CityCast Salt Lake. Thanks for being here. You grew up in Utah. Yes. What is your relationship with our hillside monograms? Because I, when I was new here, I was like, what are those? Why are they up there? <laughs> Well, that's a question a lot of people ask, especially if you're coming from the East Jew. Most hillside monograms come from the Rocky Mountains West. But I grew up in Escalante, Utah, which is down in Southern Utah. Mm-hmm. And there is a big hillside E on the hill. And it was put up in 1920 when Escalante got its first high school. And the kids uh, decided on their their high school mascot, and they would put an E on the hillside. That little first class of 22 students went up on the hillside and mailed a big rock E. They thought it was big until they came back down and realized it was very small when you got (laughs) down. So the following year, they went back up again and rebuilt the E so to what it is now. And so from that point on, they would paint the E. Uh, generally in the springtime as a celebration, take a day off and go up and do that. And then they would light it at night. And most often with old overalls or denims that they would soak in oil and then light it and it would smoke through the night. And this year they painted it for the first time since 1970. I have to imagine that when they were lighting rags on fire with oil and laying them on the hill, that was before the drought. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they did it every year. I, you know, that was just the way and different schools would light ease. Uh, BYU would take old mattresses from the dorm and take them up and take the stuffing out and light the stuffing up. And so it was, yeah. it was a free for all at times. There's a big W, they call it the flaming W for Weber State College. Mm -hmm. And that lit the whole hillside on fire one year. So lighting could be dangerous uh, in the old fashioned way. I mean, I feel like you're like the definitive hillside monograms historian at this point. Like, when did you decide that that was what you were going to pursue? Well, it happened in a very unusual way. I had a little three-year-old son. His name was Patrick, and he was learning the alphabets. And as we were driving, we passed by Sentinel Peak, which is right in the heart of Tucson. And there's a big A for the University of Arizona, which was built Mm -hmm. in 1914. It took them four years to build Mm -hmm. it because the students worked on it every Saturday. We're passing by it. Patrick looks up and he sees this giant A, bigger than (laughs) anything he'd ever seen before. And he goes, mom, mom, there's an A, there's an A. And I said, yeah, that's A Mountain, because that's what the locals called it. So Um, we drive on 
And I turned around probably 45 minutes later and I see Patrick still looking out the window. And I said, Patrick, what are you looking at? And he said, mom, I'm looking for B mountain. <laughs> and my husband and I both started to laugh. And then we saw Pat's little face and it had just kind of dropped because he was saying this with total sincerity. Yeah. As a three-year-old, he just thought very logically. So I had been teaching kindergarten for a number of years and I thought, Hey, that'd make a cool book, an alphabet book, you know? And so mm -hmm. I casually just said, Pat, I know there is a B mountain. I just don't know where it is right now, <laughs> but someday I'll write you a book about oh. these letters on a mountain. And he remembered that through mm -hmm. all the rest of his growing up years. And um, when he was 19, he went on a mission for our church. And I thought, boy, I better get this book written, you know, and I thought, what are these letters called on mountains anyway? Right. I had no idea. I knew about them. I'd seen them, but I had no idea what they were termed. So I started asking librarians and they didn't know either because I thought, well, maybe a librarian knows. Yeah. And I did find one website of a man who was asking everybody, if you saw a hillside letter on a mountain, take mm. a picture of it and send it in. Let's see if we can find the alphabet, the complete alphabet. Huh. And so it started with one letter, the C in Berkeley, California in 1905. So that was the first one definitively. Yep. That's where it all started. And why did that go up? Well, that's an interesting story in itself. Uh, University of California in Berkeley. So they had a hill they called Charter Hill. The freshmen would try to get to the top of Charter Hill and then the sophomores would try to stop them and they would get in fist fights. They would tie uh -huh. them up. I mean, it really got bad mm. to the point that the university was told by the state of California, you stop this fighting or mm. you're not going to get any funding. And then someone came up with the idea, let's, let's just put up a big C for our university. Mm. So, it was a small sea, only 60 feet. Even at that point, the community disliked it. You know, they didn't oh, think it was very nice to have a letter. On a little tacky. Yeah, a little tacky is very <laughs> right. That's exactly. That's when the tackiness began. You're right. right then. <laughs> I love it, though. I mean, maybe I'm just tacky, but <laughs> how many are there now? When I wrote the book, I only found over 400 at that time. But you have to understand in 2007, we didn't have the mapping we have and all that yeah. we could see. So it was phone call and an atlas. That's how I went about trying to find these letters. And that took four years. And I knew I hadn't found every letter. Wait, so you're but just calling like because a lot of these are in really small towns, like Canab's got one. Yeah. So you're just calling townships and asking if they have yeah, a, a letter. Uh-huh. I was. That's how I had to start. And I would always say, and do you know any other hillside letter near you? <laughs> <laughs> you know, and then I would call that place for four years. I did that. But today I've got a running count. I, you know, that now they're all geolocated and everything. Oh, yeah. Over 600. That's amazing. Anyway. What are some of the most interesting 
letters that Utah has to offer. Do you have a favorite in Utah? Oh, yeah. My E in Escalade. Oh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> no, I think that the first letter built in Utah was the University of Utah. Hmm. So you can look on BYU's website and they say they're the first university, but that is not true. <laughs> Are you sure you want to wade into that? Because <laughs> I, well, yeah, because I have documentation that, and that's the other interesting thing about Hillside Letters is that there is very little documentation. It's a phenomenon without a history, hmm. and, but universities have histories of it. But high schools generally did not, and communities don't have written histories of it. So that was another difficult part. The University of Utah, U, started out in 07 and in 08, and the kids were all let out of school, and they had to clean up the campus. Mm. And there were two students, Carl Scott and Richard Hart. Their assignment was to cut some grass up on the hillside. Mm. And they started cutting it and then they decided they would cut a U. So they just made a lime U, lime poured in the grass of a U. And that was the beginning of their U. The following year, they enlarged it. And then the year after that, they made a cement U. How and, big is uh, the U? Their original one was 40 feet. Uh, oh, so by, small. And so, yeah. And that it has been rebuilt. The last time it was rebuilt was in 2006, but it's been rebuilt because it's on such a slope. It kind of does this sliding thing at times. So they have to go back and rebuild it. And then they light it. If they win the game, it's blinking. If they lose the game, they stand steady. Yeah. I mean, that thing's come a long way. Like it is the colors and all the symbolism and the, yeah, like you said, is it blinking? Is it, is this steady? Is it red? Is it white? Yeah. It's our little beacon. Yeah. So BYU made, they were going to make a BYU, all three letters, but Mm. it took so much work to get up there that actually the university bought land to put the three letters. But the day they built it, they just took the guys from campus to go up and build it. They had not, they thought they'd be done. They didn't, they ate their breakfast. They didn't bring any lunches. Some guys started fainting. It was just a long day. And they finished the Y and said, they're done. They left <laughs> and walked down and decided they were not putting up the B and the U. So everybody just called it the Y after that. And then they found out that they hadn't put it on the land that the university had purchased. They had put it on the adjoining lot, which belonged to the Forest Service. Hmm. So then they had other problems. I have to wonder if the like Mac daddy of the hillside monograms is the Hollywood sign. Yeah, it's different because most of this is all just singular letters. Mm -hmm. The Hollywood sign is the whole word. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's more like a a big bulletin, you know, like a big sign. And where these others have that, you know, a really rich and interesting history. And I'm sure the Hollywood sign does. Mm -hmm. And there are different reasons that letters have been built along the way. And um, these are Mm -hmm. all just 
kids and they were blasting rocks. They, you know, they had to carry all these rocks up, build it all up. They, you know, it was a long history of things to do. Yeah. I always get asked this question is, mm. is there a, the whole alphabet out of hillside letters? Oh and yeah. The answer, is there the whole alphabet? Cause that was the mission from the beginning. Yeah. Well, there is a Z in North Dakota. It was built by a father and his sons. He was going to be a teacher there and he had seen those letters. And so he got on one hillside, he was looking at it from one side and he had his sons building it on the other side. He used flags to show go higher here or go Mm. longer there. But there is no standalone X. That's the only letter that there isn't. So in that case, I used two things, the Dixie, the X in Dixie and St. George. That was what they used that, you know, it used to be called Dixie. Uh, Mm -hmm. It was when they settled that area because it was so warm and they grew cotton there in the beginning. So that started between two classes painting their numbers on the hillside, on the red hillside there. So the university said, just write Dixie up there. So they painted that up. So there were some fun traditions and fun, interesting things about letters. Do you think that the era of letters going up in these hills is over? Or do you think we're still going to see new ones being constructed? Uh, There are very few new ones being constructed. There are probably more being deconstructed because people land change hands or there's few interests. There was a big R, the University of BYU-Idaho was originally Rexburg. So there was a huge R up on the hillside. And once they became BYU-Idaho, that was, they've never dismantled it, but it was never taken care of again. I should also share that there are three different types of hillside letters. There's build-up letters like the U, uh, because you build it up with cement. There's painted letters like the Dixie. It's just painted on the sandstone. Mm-hmm. And there's cutout letters, and they're the very fewest. They'll go up into a forested area and cut out the brush or trees or whatever is in that area and make the letter there. In the wintertime, when it snows, you really see the letter stand out. Yeah. I have to wonder if now that Dixie State has a new name, Utah Technical University, right. if we'll get a new monogram. That gets really controversial because I think for some people, it's historic to them. They were in the process of trying to make it a historical monument or Mm. historical landmark so it could stay, you know, and not be destroyed for any reason if they were doing that. You know, I would look at the University of Utah's Jew as a historical landmark at this Mm -hmm. point. It's well over 100 years old. Mm. Some you know, still are very treasured. It is interesting because they're in so many ways, so obtuse, and then in so many ways, so elusive at once. (laughs) (laughs) They are, they are one of those things we've all probably seen, but we know nothing about the history or what they are, or why they're there. Why do you have a a why in Provo, Utah? Does the stranger say as he drives by, you know, I'm the stranger. That's me. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Evelyn, thank you so much. It was such a joy to chat with you. 
Thank you, Ali. You have a wonderful day. Thank you very much. A little news before we go. Months ago, President Biden issued an executive order restoring the original boundaries of Bears Ears National Monument and Grand Staircase Escalani National Monument, or as Evelyn would call it, Escalani. They had been minimized by two million acres during the Trump administration in what became a battle between Utah state leaders and the feds versus the tribes and environmental activists. Though the monuments were technically restored a while back, last week we finally got new signage and a new management plan specifically for Bears Ears. And here's what the plan states. For the first time ever, the five regional tribes will co-manage Bears Ears National Monument with the federal government. The proclamation formally reads, quote, tribal nations and particularly tribal elders have an important knowledge local expertise, and an understanding of the spiritual significance of the Bears Ears region beyond the physical environment, end quote. This kind of cooperative stewardship seems obvious, but it's actually unprecedented. If you visit Bears Ears anytime soon, you'll notice the new welcome sign includes each tribe's seal, Ute Mountain Ute, Hopi, Pueblo of Zuni, the Navajo Nation, and Ute Indian tribe of the Uintan Ore. It's not land back, but it's a tiny step closer. Here's what Carlton Boacati, the lieutenant governor of the Zuni Pueblo, had to say about the co-management plan. Quote, what can be a better avenue of restorative justice than giving tribes the opportunity to participate in the management of lands their ancestors were removed from? End quote. That's all for us today here on CityCast Salt Lake. We'll be back tomorrow morning with more news from around this city. Bye. Publisher said, no, we don't want an alphabet book. We want a travel book that you can yep. put it in. So that's what it is. It has 60 stories of these letters. So the book is a road trip book. Diane has it and she won't give it to me.